Can you hear that, James? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I'm glad that you can hear our daughter singing to her Paw Patrol right now, James. Mm. Um, hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Welcome to this week's episode of the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And if this is your first time listening, we welcome you with open arms. If you're a regular listener, we give you high fives. We say you're awesome. And if you're one of our Patreon subscribers, holy moly. We'll shoot, we'll shoot you a finger gun. So people are like we're cool with each other. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But today we're talking about celebrities who have seen aliens. Ooh. There are a lot of celebrities who have supposedly seen or communicated with aliens. Yeah. Yeah, really. We we probably could have all taken three or four people. But uh, oh, I think yeah. this will be fun for a, a deep dive episode. Yeah, so I know, James, you had a little message that you wanted to share. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned uh, our patrons. Um, uh, this is just sort of like a little PSA. Um, and, and this is a very common thing, apparently, like banks and Patreon sort of run into issues. But uh, just just for anybody who has been declined on Patreon, um, we didn't decline you. This is just so, sort of like a banking thing that is very common. Apparently, I looked into it uh, where people get declined because the bank's like, what is what is this? So just a heads up, if you've been declined, if you want to res- go ahead and resolve it, that would be much appreciated. That being said, if you were declined because of economic reasons, we, we don't ask anybody to give uh, anything that they're uncomfortable giving or, or anything that where they would have to cut corners in their actual life. So just yes. a just a heads up. If you got declined with good reason, don't even worry about it. We're we're just glad to have you as a listener. But if you got declined and you just didn't realize it or it was because uh, of the bank issue, uh, that's not that's not us. We weren't actively like declining people or anything. That that's, it's just an automatic awful. thing. Who <laughs> would be, be right? Yeah. We don't even want your patronage. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, we uh, we had a lot of fun with this week's episode. This week's episode <laughs> is a James explains it all. Yep. Yeah, where he is going to be talking about fashion. <laughs> so. Which is much more interesting than it sounds. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's it's very intriguing just because it's like, and for anybody who's not a patron, the whole premise behind James Explains It All is that I ask him a question that he has no prior knowledge to, and then he just gives us basically a professor lesson on the subject at hand. So this week I asked him to explain the history of fashion, and he did it. With ease <laughs> and fascination. So, ease and fascination. Fascination. The, oh. oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, All right. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, my gosh. What? What's happening? Pickles is doing that creepy thing. Oh, I can, I can film it this time. Oh, it's so creepy. Oh, it's so weird. Film it and then post it on our 13th floor uh, Instagram. Oh, he's Dudes. doing it right now. No, Pickles, Pickles. is. He's got one of his like feeler legs outside of the enclosure, and he's just like whirling it around. Would oh, you ever touch weird. it? I, I do regularly. That's kind of how I say hi to him. Ew, gross. Oh. James, are you going to taxidermy your spiders when they die? <laughs> uh, you know, actually, a lot of people do that. I don't know. That, that So you thought that was preposterous. I did that. think it was pre- Well, it's, also- it's actually super easy. <laughs> Oh my god, he's doing it to the other opening now with the other leg. He's trying, this is so creepy. He's trying to <laughs> escape. 
Guys, James doesn't watch TV. He just watches his spiders poke their legs through holes. Where's Vinegaroon, which is oh yeah, what <laughs> says. Um, I just touched my finger to it, and he he pulled it back in. Like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, enough about your Vinegaroon, James. Um, how have you been? Been good. Yeah, you've been partying. Yeah, not quite, but I've I've been uh, enjoying. The uh, nice, cool weather up here right now. It's It was so hot, and then it was rainy, and now it's just nice. It's been nice down here, too. We've just been busy. Today, I made some gluten-free chocolate zucchini muffins with Gwen, so that was really fun. Mm. We also made a Paw Patrol cardboard box um, lookout. HQ lookout. Yeah, so that awesome. was really fun. Yeah. yeah, I made Liberty's little wagon. It's very cool. For all of you listeners out there who have kids and understand... Or if so. you don't, hey, you don't have to be a kid to enjoy Paw Patrol. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they're kids at heart. Oh, well, listen, we're having good days. Do we have an icebreaker? Or wait a minute. Um. Okay. We need to do our hearty hellos, though. Okay. Yeah. So today, you guys, we're going to give high fives to Sweden. High five, Sweden. High five, Sweden. We're going to say hello to everybody in Alberta, Canada. Ooh. I want to go to Alberta. And if I do, dear listener, you need to tell me where I should go. Um, and then here in the States, I put my finger on Mississippi. So all of you beautiful listeners in Mississippi, thank you for tuning in. No matter where you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, James, we need an icebreaker. Yeah. I got a pretty easy one. You know, we're talking about celebrities. We're talking about aliens. If uh, If the news tomorrow came out and they were like aliens have been walking among us this whole time turns out insert celebrity here was one of them which one do you think would you like not even bat an eye at would you be like that makes sense and by the way no cheating bezos and zuckerberg don't count i'm surprised you include elon oh elon don't count either jared leto (laughs) really interesting yeah i think jared leto because he's he's just a little bit off the wall i think he's fun i could see him being a really (laughs) nice alien and I, I like he just wears clothes that are out of this world. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did have a band called Thirty Seconds to Mars. Oh, yeah, so he did. there you go. That's how long it takes him to get there. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's mine, Alex. Who would you pick? That's tough because like you can you can like always pick someone like Gary Busey, but no, Gary Busey has discovered who the aliens are already. Ooh. That's why he's gone so nuts, right? So it's got to be someone who's. You know, got a little bit of power in Hollywood, but it doesn't appear too crazy. So I'm thinking Tom Cruise, but maybe a little unhinged. Ah, it's too obvious. He, and and while he is looking very young for his age, he's aging pretty well. I mean, like, you know, you see the the lines are getting deeper. He's getting older. I think I know where you're going with this. Where do you think I'm going with it, James? I want to hear it. Tom Cruise. That's what I just said. That's what Cece said already. <laughs> oh, sorry. oh my gosh! <laughs> he was too James. busy high fiving his spider or whatever the heck he's doing over there. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with. Oh, that's so tough. I can't believe this is that hard for you. This is this is shocking. I thought it would be like. Alex has no alien radar. No. Guess not. No. I mean. It has to be someone who, oh, you know what? How about this? Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I don't know how his music has captivated so many people. I he's, don't get it. He's got some good songs. Does he have some bangers in there? He's got some good 
bangers, bangers and mash. That's <laughs> the British saying. Oh my god! <laughs> I like Ed Sheeran. Don't you? Don't you hate on my boy Ed Sheeran? I don't hate. I'm just saying. Like, is he really deserving of? The, uh, I don't know. Uh, wow. Maybe I need to listen to some more of his music. Yeah, you do. James, I have a feeling you're going to come come out with one that's I can't like, believe I picked Ed Sheeran. Uh, me neither. Me and James. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty surprised, yeah. James, who who do you think could be an alien? Um, I have always been rather baffled by uh, certain things that, that Kanye does. I wouldn't be surprised. Just wouldn't. Kanye? Really? Yeah. By the way, it has to be a living celebrity, so we all we all did good on that. Oh, because uh, David Bowie would be like my number one, and that's like nah. Well, I'm glad that you didn't give us that stipulation, but we all played by your um, imaginary yeah. rules, James. I mean, we all know <laughs> Michael Jackson was replaced by an alien. Yeah, see, that, exactly. That one would have been too yeah, easy. Yeah, been too easy. Okay. Well, yeah. so I'm glad I threw everybody for a loop. Everybody thought they probably knew where I was going, and then I threw Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Over. You know what's gonna be funny? I threw his like... lizardy hide underneath that bus. <laughs> no, probably mm-hmm. in like ten years, it's gonna come out. Oh yeah, aliens are real, and he's gonna be the only one on the list. Like that's not that. No, that is. Oh, me and James mm-hmm. were way off, but Alex mm-hmm. had it right. <laughs> you gotta pick the one that's least suspecting. Otherwise, everyone would know, I, right? And then I do believe that it's possible that if you shine like a UV light on Ed Sheeran, he would like glow or be see through. Exactly. Oh my gosh, you guys are so mean. <laughs> this entire show is just us bullying Ed Sheeran now. You guys are evil. I don't even have a. I don't even have a beef against him. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I think with that, it's time to start talking about celebrities who really do claim to have met aliens or spoken with aliens or just seen aliens. James, you're starting us off today. Who are you talking about? I am talking about Jimmy Carter. James. Um, Which, what a story. But before I start on Jimmy Carter, I want to do like a little, just a tiny sidetrack because we've also got a celebrity who said they saw an alien. And they lied. So I thought we I would just talk about that real quick since it's never going to be on a, an episode otherwise. Because, I mean, it would be crazy if we did an episode of celebrities who lied about seeing an alien. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, of all people, William Shatner. He, he said he was like, yeah, he was like, oh, I was out in the Mojave Desert and I no. saw an alien in 1969. And it's like, of course you would say that. Like you're Captain Kirk. It would it would be great marketing, uh, but turns out he, he he was like, nah, I was lying, and uh, <laughs> he believes in aliens, but he was lying about that one. So I just thought I would get that out of the way. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Carter's is a pretty big one. It's so big that it has its own like Wikipedia article. That's how big it is. It's literally called the Jimmy Carter UFO incident, which I love because uh, again, any president if they claim to have seen a UFO, it would. It would warrant an investigation, which this did, and it would be a big incident, which it was. But what's interesting about it is a, a few things. First of all is that it was in 69, way before he ran for president. He was not governor yet. It was two years before he was governor. Okay. okay. 1969, Jimmy Carter is just getting ready to go to the Lions Club to, to give a speech. And uh, it's about 7 in the evening. And he's like, hey. Everything's fine because I'm Jimmy Carter. But that's not the end of the story because somebody else present. <laughs> I, can tell, somebody, I can tell James is tired. 
(laughs) (laughs) Somebody else, somebody else present, however, then said, Hey, not, not mentally, but out loud. And uh, they pointed out, they were like, Hey, something's something is, is odd over here. And he points to the sky and this is where it gets amazing because there was an investigation. There's a lot of detail. So apparently 30 degrees above the horizon, west of where Jimmy Carter was standing, there was an object bright white, as big and bright as the moon. I, I, I was about to say, it's 1969. Isn't that the same year we went to the moon? Yeah. Now, if it had just been a big white circle, I would think, oh, okay, yeah, poor Jimmy Carter. He'd had some drinks at the Lions Club, and and he mistook the moon for a spaceship. But what he says is that, first of all, it moved closer. So that's kind of weird. And it stopped behind some pines. Not super far away, so too close to be a heavenly body, in other words. And then this is the kicker. This is where it stops being like a possible misunderstanding, because people do. People mix the moon up. People mix the North Star up and so on. It happens. But then he says it went blue, and then it went red, and then it turned white, and then it left. So it was, it was praising him for being president. Wait, did, yeah, did you say it was red, white, and blue? It was red, white, yeah, and blue. it turned red, white, and blue. Americans. Yeah. So, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. To be fair, lots of countries have red, white, and blue flags. Maybe it was Dutch aliens, and they were just posturing. Um, but one thing that he, he greatly believes when he describes it is that one, it's not uh, a solid object it was like a semi-liquid object which i find interesting because you know i told you guys when i was a kid i saw a ufo and it turned blue and red and it was not solid in nature either so it kind of was similar the only exclusion is that it seems this his seems quite a bit bigger and then also turning white that never happened with pine but still um and also it was in view for a long time like him and like a dozen other people saw it for a full 10 minutes before it left. So this wasn't like, yeah, I was about to say, this wasn't like, you know, when, when people are driving down the road, pre-cell phone cameras and they see something and you know, that's, that's interesting. Those kinds of accounts, but this is something where they saw like a lot of it. So later on uh, in in an interview in 73, he says, and this is where I get a little concerned. um, He says there were, this is a quote, there were about 20 of us standing outside a little restaurant, I believe. Oh, I need to do a voice. A high school lunchroom. Kind of <laughs> a green light appeared in the western sky. This was right after sundown. It got brighter and brighter. And then eventually it disappeared. It didn't have any solid substance to it. It was just a very peculiar looking light. None of us could understand what it was. Aussie cola and moon pies. No, that part he didn't say. But uh, <laughs> so then, subsequently, uh, decades later, he said, and I won't do an impression this time because I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with a joke on that one. But he said, all of a sudden, one of the men looked up and said, "Look over in the west." Now that I find harder to believe. Who does that? And there was a bright light in the sky. We all saw it, and then the light got closer and closer to us, and then it stopped. I don't know how far away, but it stopped beyond the pine trees. And all of a sudden, it changed color to blue, then red, then white. And we were trying to figure out what in the world it could be, and then it receded into the distance. So that's pretty trippy. Now, a lot of investigators, as you might imagine, given this is like a president, uh, they've looked into it. (laughs) 
And a lot of people are like, mm, I don't know about this. So first of all, he filed a report with the International UFO Bureau four years later. So he's That's governor at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's governor. He's been doing stuff. And they think that's a little odd. And also, people who've investigated say that the Lions Club records suggest that the meeting took place nine months prior to him saying he saw it. So that's a little mm. weird, too. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, his report to the Lions Club didn't make any mention to the fact that they saw a UFO. That's, that I can believe, because it's kind of like... You know, you're you're listing the minutes, I guess, of the meeting. Like, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. I, I imagine if I wanted to stay in insert club here, I probably wouldn't put on the, the list of things that happened. Oh, and we all saw aliens. <laughs> like yeah. that would just be. So I kind of get that one. Um, but the dates are probably the most inconsistent thing about it, and that's a little odd. So people are, are with good reason skeptical. So there was an investigation in 1976, seven years later, if you're doing the math, which I can't do today. Um, so uh, here's where things get really bad, though. Most of the people at the meeting say, like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so that's a little weird. But there is one guest, Fred Hart, who was like, yeah, yeah, it seems like there was a little blue light or something in the night sky, uh, like some kind of weather balloon they send out or something. It's been pretty far back in my mind. So, yeah. So Carter himself said later that he absolutely considered it to be a UFO because he didn't know what it was. And that didn't necessarily mean that he thought that it was a spaceship. It just means that he didn't know what was going on. Now, here's something to note. January 6, 1969, uh, it, the sky was very clear. And Venus was near maximum brightness. And it was in the western portion of the sky. <laughs> So, yeah, remember how I mentioned that earlier, that people mix those things up? Yeah. Now, I, I that, that to me, I, I can't imagine a star twinkling and appearing sort of blue and red and white. I can actually imagine that because stars do twinkle and, you know, it's it's not unheard of. Okay? It's literally a song. Twinkle, <laughs> yes, twinkle, little It song. is indeed, Alex. It is indeed. <laughs> so... There was actually a Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast that that forwarded a letter to the Carters, the whole family, I guess. Um, and this is this is presumably uh, the the explanation from uh, Carl G. Justice. And this is a long flipping quote. I might have to cut a little bit, but. After recently reading the book, Georgia Myths and Legends, by Augusta Chronicle, columnist on Rose, specifically Chapter 5, Jimmy Carter and the UFO, I am virtually certain that I have identified the source of what Mrs. President Carter saw. In the 60s and early 70s, I worked on Air Force-sponsored project that study the upper atmosphere releases of glowing chemical clouds Ooh. produced by rockets from Eglin AFB Rocket Range in Florida. Some of these chemical clouds, notably sodium and barium, were visible in by the process of resonance scattering of sunlight. Clouds of this type had to be launched not long after sunset or not long before sunrise. This was due to the fact that the cloud had to be in sunlight at high altitude while it was still dark enough at ground level for the cloud to be visible against the dark sky. So there's a lot more about like details regarding that but it's it's pretty lengthy and it's very, it's a lot of technical terms the big thing is he thinks it was a barium cloud 
That's that's what he thinks the deal was, and that's a pretty reasonable explanation, I think. Isn't barium so, like bad for humans? Like high levels of barium? I was about to say most things are bad for humans in yeah, high enough levels. Uh, yeah. Oh I think we gosh. talked about barium on the show before. It's an alkaline <laughs> earth metal. It's pretty much never found in nature on its own because it's super flipping reactive. So I'm assuming the barium cloud wasn't like solid barium. That would be kind of weird. That would be because then it would be a floating block of Right. Of course, barium sulfate, that's the stuff they like pump in your stomach to get those, uh, like, like you know, it's kind of like a x-ray. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the, this, uh, this sighting that Carter had, though, a lot of people think that he, uh, he was affected by it. <laughs> so, for example, he, he told people, like reporters during his campaign – he said, and I'm going to go do his impression again. One <laughs> thing's for sure, I'll never make fun of people who say they've seen unidentified objects in the sky. If I become president, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available to the public and the scientists. Of course, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> he never released uh, any of that stuff. In fact, he uh, he cited defense implications as the reason why he never uh, – Revealed anything, which to me is more concerning than anything else about this story, actually. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my bit. Uh, I don't like any of the <laughs> UFO stuff. Alex, we're making you go second. Who are you talking make about it, today? Make, you're forcing me. Yep, we're forcing Twisting you. my arm. I decided Share with to, to mix it up a bit. Yeah, we have no idea, by the way, listeners, who he's talking about. Well, you will in just a moment because <laughs> I am talking about... The one, the only, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Who is the whole reason behind the butterfly effect? Fly like a butterfly. Wait, what? Oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't he from Kentucky? (laughs) He is. Yeah. Louisville. You know, there's a lot of alien sightings in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe that's why he saw them so much. But, um, so, Muhammad Ali. Let me pull up my notes because I keep dragging it out of the spot. All right. So thank you to express.co.uk for their article, Aliens Watched Me. Boxing legend Muhammad Ali saw several UFOs, including a mothership. A mothership. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Muhammad Ali has seen or had seen multiple UFOs, but... This was far from a single incident where he saw them. Timothy Green Beckley, a UFO expert and author who was writing his next book, had several uh, sessions where he spoke to Muhammad Ali in the early 90s. Now, during this time, he got material which uh, he actually didn't surface until his 2015 book called Amazing Flying Saucers, Experiences of Celebrities, Rock Stars, and and the Rich and Famous. He said it's like the lamest episode of MTV Cribs. <laughs> um, so, actually, maybe a more interesting MTV Cribs. Um, so, he talked to them about all kinds of things their sightings, their thoughts on extraterrestrial civilizations, and you know what life would be like in outer space. But he said that none of them seemed to know more about the subject, at least from a first hand experience, than Muhammad Ali. Hmm. So during the 90, early 90s, he and the boxing legend met a total of four times where they spent all their time talking about Ali's experiences with uh, UFOs. 
In the first encounter that Ollie talked about with Green Beckley was when he was working out uh, in New York City. He said he was running, and frequently when he ran, he would kind of look at the sky, which wouldn't be unusual for like you're, if you're training and you're just kind of taking it easy a See, little bit. I when I run, I always look at my feet because I'm worried I'm gonna trip over something. See, that's why he has the confidence. That's why he's he's the king of the ring. You're you know probably, what I'm saying? You're right. You're right. <laughs> and 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 uh, and he looked up and he noticed like this really bright light hovering above. And the way he described it was that it was hanging by an invisible thread and it's just kind of waving in the air. So, like most sightings, though, he thought it was something else. At first, he thought it may have been like a, a light from a helicopter or something like that, but. A few moments later, uh, he sees like the similar object fly into his view, and you know he's sitting there looking at it, and he sees this red trail glowing behind it while it's flying. But then he points it out to his trainer, who's right there beside him, and they both watched both of these objects go across the skyline, go overhead for about fifteen minutes, and then he, it, they disappeared. Now, the way that he described the look of the ships was that they were big. Uh, they were big and round. Okay. So not, not too unusual. Now, apparently, Ollie said that he later found out that there were other UFO sightings from the same day. Well, that's what I was going to ask. same location. Like, if, if he was in New York, surely there were lots yeah. of people who saw it. Well, apparently, <laughs> even a uh, pilot from the nearby airport had spotted it and reported it in. So there are other people kind of, you know, this was his first sighting, you know, giving him a little more credence to his story. He, he apparently I went know a boxer's story has more credence than a president's. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and what's interesting too about it is that he actually didn't really like to talk about it because he was kind of nervous about it. But once he started talking to Green Beckley about it, he started being a little more open about it because he realized how big, like, how widespread uh, spotting UFOs was, and it kind of made him more open to talk about it. So then he went on to say that he actually had seen 16 UFOs by the time of their first meeting in the early 90s. And he said that often when he spotted object, uh, when he spotted these UFOs, it would be in the early morning hours. Uh, he would often look up and he said, he said, quote, uh, find them playing tag between the stars. Ooh. Yeah. It was an eloquent way to put it. Now, here's the really interesting part for uh, of the story for some longtime 13th floor listeners. Ooh. He went into detail about his closest encounter with a UFO. He said while he was riding in a car on the New Jersey Turnpike, he saw a... Essentially, their car in the middle of the night, like they're lit by moonlight, they see their car get enveloped by the shadow. And it, it's odd because it's like following them. And they could see they could see it like go past their car and it keep following. He said he looked and he saw this cigar-shaped UFO. Cigar-shaped? Yeah. And uh, cigar-shaped UFO hovering briefly over the car before it disappeared. Now, Ollie, and he wasn't the only one there. There was someone else in the car that saw it, too. And on another visit, Ollie talked about another strange encounter he had. He said he was out 
outside and he was watching this light that was just kind of hovering. And then it lowered over a mountain and slowly moved towards him over this valley. And again, it's cigar shaped. <laughs> but it was blunt on both ends. And he said it was, it was this really more, he said it was even more streamlined looking than the one that he saw back on the New Jersey Empire. It was a new a model. New model, I guess. And he didn't see any windows or anything. And, I, and this must have been the, the mothership because it's, it's bigger than all the rest. So the ship, shockingly, the, you know, I mean, unsurprisingly, it disappears. But then he goes out the next night and he's out there. And at the exact same time that he sees it, sees it he's brought along some friends this time. And the exact same time, it shows back up in the same position at the same hour the next evening. His business manager, who was like, or I, he was like, just kind of didn't mention anything about the UFOs when he was around Ollie because he didn't really think it was real. Well, he brought his business manager out this night and he shut up pretty quick <laughs> because he saw this thing and he was like, immediately like, okay, I believe everything you're saying. About about these UFOs that you're seeing. And so they see it and it does the exact same thing. And he says he saw the ship do these acrobatics above the valley and then shoot up mm. into the stars. And so Ali has had more encounters than I think any other celebrity I could find. That's a lot of encounters. Yeah. I mean, and who knows how many he saw after the 90s. Because you know, all, all these all the all four trips that green beckley had with him were in the early 90s and there's pictures of them together and everything um when he's doing these interviews so these are legit interviews that he didn't like fabricate or anything like that but it's really interesting that we have someone that's seen at least 16 if not a lot more in the 20 years before his death that he was interviewed and the thing about about like this topic because i was kind of amazed by how many celebrities have seen aliens or seen ships and UFOs. <laughs> and my thought was just like, why would aliens, like why would they make themselves known to celebrities? And then I just stopped and thought, well, maybe they're looking for prominent humans to study. Like yeah. and they're what gonna makes be a, this person different? And they're going to be a little behind too, which would make <laughs> Muhammad Ali a prominent figure if they're a little behind. What? In their media, like in how their their prominence and keeping up with things. So maybe they're getting radio signals out in space. It's going to take some time to get to them. <laughs> so by the time they get here, you know, they get a message from the 70s. And they're like, Mom, Ali. Oh, oh let's go see him. Like, by the time they get here, it's the 90s. And they're like, there he is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were oh, doing man. acrobatics in the sky to celebrate his victories? Oh, Maybe. But uh, not the reverse of a shout out to Baron Davis, who I did a lot of research on, um, only for the various articles about his alien encounter. This is a former uh, NBA player, only for his uh, yeah. encounter with the <laughs> aliens to be uh, completely fabricated. Um, thank you for not updating any of your articles, people out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it my turn? Uh, no, I think we're done. Alex, Alex, you just talked about the king of boxing. I'm going to talk about the king of rock and roll. Ooh. I'm talking about Elvis. You know the performer, Alex? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure that you don't, like, mistake Elvis for 
Elvis Costello or somebody like that. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about Elvis Presley. Elvis Aaron Presley. Okay. That one. Um, And I feel like most people know who he is in some regard. But, dear listener, if you are unfamiliar with Elvis, because we might have some youngins listening to this show who are just like, who? Go educate yourself. (laughs) No. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) He was a performer and a musician known for melting hearts back in the 1950s. He was a heartthrob who also had a fascination with extraterrestrials throughout his very tragic and tumultuous life. I knew that Elvis, before I did my research, I knew that he had problems in his life, but holy moly, did he have problems. And I didn't realize that he met and fell for his wife, Priscilla, when she was just 14 years old. And they didn't get married until she was of age. But she apparently moved into Graceland with him like almost immediately. She was a child. Mm. Oof. But there's actually a story that literally came out just last week on Yahoo News and some other websites about how Priscilla was terrified to let Elvis go anywhere alone because everyone was obsessed and wanted like a piece of him. So Mm. um, their marriage, it was littered with infidelity, you guys. So I can't exactly blame her. But anyways, this episode is not a biography on Elvis and his love life. Oh. It's about how Elvis believed in aliens. (laughs) All right, Napoleon. (laughs) (laughs) So I found an article on CometTV.com written by Johnny Brayson in 2017 that outlined Elvis's interest in all things paranormal. And apparently when his life was getting really out of hand, he would just do drugs and sit and read books on spirituality. Whether or not that had anything to do with to do with aliens, I'm not sure. I did read that he had a vast collection of books on aliens and paranormal yeah. stuff. But hmm. um, there's a book that was written by a guy named Michael Ruckman called Alien Rock, The Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection. And it's all about how various musicians claimed to have either met or been inspired by aliens. And in the book, he apparently wrote that the day that Elvis was born in his family's little shack, in, in a ghetto. <laughs> Tupelo, Mississippi, <laughs> a mysterious blue light appeared in the sky above his house. That's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. Blue Christmas. Blue. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from. Well, what, what could have caused the blue light? Aliens, perhaps? Mm. Maybe they were like, let's rejoice for the king of rock has been birthed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But Elvis's daddy, dearest Vernon, was the one who saw it. And he said that he went outside after Elvis popped out of his mama. And Vernon was obviously worn out after childbirth because why wouldn't a father be tired? Uh And he went outside to smoke a cigarette. And lo and behold, he saw the blue light in the sky. And he says that he he knew something special was happening that day. He was just like, something good is going to come of this. Which I honestly could see as having inspired Elvis's own fascination with aliens. Because, like, if you're a little kid and your dad's just like, Elvis, when you were a baby, the day you were born, there was an alien spaceship in the sky. And then if I were a kid, I would have been like, aliens. And then I would have wanted to look into them. You know what I mean? Wait, his dad said there's an yeah. alien spaceship? Or he said there's a star? He No, he said he it was an alien spaceship, I believe. Because he said it was a blue light. Oh. So it was weird. Is weird. Mm. Sounds like a barium. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Ruckman also wrote that Elvis allegedly said that when he was eight years old, aliens contacted him telepathically and showed him a vision of his future, which 
maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just a dream. But Elvis had very low self-esteem when he was in school and when he was famous. But he was very shy and didn't like singing in public, even though he knew his voice was bomb. He's like, I'm the best singer in town and in the world. But he didn't like singing in front of people. But why would he have continued to be so self-conscious about his life if he knew he was going to have a successful career? So apparently they showed him a vision of himself in his famous white jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I thought maybe the aliens showed him how he died. Like, you know. I think that that could probably send someone into a a spiral and like a fear-driven life if you knew in the future (laughs) that you were going to die on a toilet because (sighs) he died of cardiac arrest was, I think, the the cause of it from the copious amounts of drugs he had taken. But I remember when I was younger, I was like, Daddy, who's Elvis? Because I didn't know when I was a kid. And my dad just told me, like, the only thing he told me is he's a singer who died in the toilet. So for the longest time, that's all I knew about (laughs) Elvis. Yep. That's all I knew. Um, but anyway, Elvis's fascination with aliens obviously continued throughout his life. And he also allegedly encountered two other UFO sightings later in his life with his assistant, Larry Geller. And per faroutmagazine.co.uk, Larry claims that they say that they saw them once when they were out in a desert and then another time at Graceland, which would petrify me. Like, I would be horrified if I saw an alien spaceship outside of my house, because then it's like the aliens know where you live. You know what I mean? <laughs> James, did that ever freak you out? Having seen your alien spaceship outside your house? Hadn't considered it, but uh, now I, now I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've moved since then, but yeah, it's true. I, could I think see, aliens would totally not be able to hack the internet and find James. I could see James like mm. having an alien tailing him just because you live mm. such a fascinating life that yeah. they're just like, we've got to keep an eye on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Elvis, even though he died decades ago, people still report seeing him to this day. And so there are people out in the world who actually do think that he did not die back in 1977, but that he may have faked his death. And if he did, it probably would have obviously been to get out of Hollywood. Like, he didn't want to be famous, and he wanted to live in peace and quiet. But CometTV.com actually shares the story of when the whole Elvis isn't dead phenomenon came about. The year was 1988. And a woman in Kalamazoo, Michigan, named Louise Welling, uh, she claimed that she and her daughter spotted Elvis getting groceries and then eating a Burger King. And the story was then picked up by one of those ridiculous entertainment tabloids that you see in the grocery store. Um, And in this case, it was called Weekly World News. And after that, everyone started spotting Elvis. But that Weekly World News bag was also known for, like, their stories on UFOs and Bigfoot and, you know, all the weird things. And so maybe that may be why Elvis is so often associated with the paranormal. And who knows? Maybe he really was taken by aliens. I don't know. And as mentioned in the critically acclaimed 1997 cinematic masterpiece, Men in Black, they imply that Elvis himself was an alien who, quote, is not dead. He just went home. So who knows? Maybe there's some truth to that. I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, Elvis dying from when I've talked to my parents, like everyone that was alive when Elvis died knows where they were. When Elvis yeah. died. Yeah, it was like JFK or nine eleven. Yeah, exactly. It For, was like that. It was like that big of a deal. Some people deal. were excited 
probably think that he was alive. Well, yeah, then that's what that's what I, I read an article that kind of outlined why people were so uh, kind of clinging on to the idea that he was alive. And a lot of people kind of had the idea that his life wasn't so perfect and that he had, you know, some big issues. And so they were, I guess, glad to see that he was okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, he was definitely one of those people who made a mark on history and just rock and roll in general. So mm. if your idol's going to pass away, you, you don't want that to happen. So <laughs> you just don't believe it happened. Yeah. But guys, that's the story of Elvis and his alien interests. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So guys... Is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to aliens? James, do you want to do? You, do you just want to share your story about when you saw the alien one more time? Sure. Yeah, I was about uh, nine or ten years old, and I was excited because we had ordered pizza, and I was <laughs> looking outside because I was like, "Where is the pizza man?" You know, and it's about time. And uh, my twin sister was there too, and so we're we're actually both looking, <laughs> and. Uh, Something beautiful flew about, hmm, I'd say, 1,500 feet from where we were, um, about 500 meters, in other words. It was a very big, beautiful, mercury-like, seashell-like object that was about, I'd say, 10 or 20 feet above the trees, and it had these uh, red to blue lights going back and forth and uh, it was rather fast and it was just uh, absolutely unearthly. And that was the only time you ever saw it, right? Yep. That's creepy. Have you looked Mm. into the sky recently, James? I have not. I would, I would be mortified if something like that happened to me just because Mm. I would, I like there's something about aliens that really freak me out Mm. And I feel like that's probably a common fear for a lot of people just because they could be out there and there's a lot of evidence suggesting that they're out there and we don't know if they're going to be nice or if they're going to be hateful toward us. Mm. I would hope, hope that they would be nice, but just, you know, it's just fear of the unknown. Mm, It is. Alex, what would you do if you saw an alien spaceship? I'd start blasting. Alex, Good lord. Well, you guys, I think think that we're done talking about aliens for the day. Alex, who does... Oh, wait. No, we need to uh, announce next week's topic. Let's get the face. It's... Well, no. It's actually... It's a Patreon exclusive. Oh, you already picked it? I already picked it. Um, We only have, like, two in there, so... Oh. We're getting thin. We're getting thin. We gotta get a request out there. All of you beautiful Patreon subscribers, the world is your oyster, you know? Throw any topic you want at us, and there's a good possibility it will be drawn sometime soon because we only have one one more. Yeah, we've blown through. Yeah, we've blown through. So we are going to be talking about Jordan's topic that was suggested. She wants us to talk about string theory. Good lord! (laughs) I don't know. I don't know much about string theory, so it should be next week's episode will be three hours long. So you guys That's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm I'm excited to look into it. I hope that it doesn't make my brain explode, which is highly likely. Hey, if it doesn't explode, maybe it'll implode. Oh, all right. 
Alex, who does our music? Uh, thank you, Ed Sheeran. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, we hope that you can keep, keep it Everything's fine because I'm Jamie Carter.